Welcome back to Sports Tech Atlanta Seed Talk. Uh, really cool today. We've got uh, an interview with uh, Brad Cox, who's the director of business development for Topcourt. Uh, Topcourt is a streaming platform that makes it possible for anyone to look into the life, mind, and performance of the top tennis pro. Uh, Brad is also a former professional and University of Kentucky tennis player. Brad, how are you? Thanks for joining. Good, man. That's the best introduction I think I've ever received. I appreciate it. Uh, and happy, and obviously happy to be here, especially with two friends. So, Yeah, man. Appreciate it. It's, uh, well, I, you know, it's tough. Intros are hard. I'm not going to lie. It's, you know, you got to make sure you're doing it all, all correctly there. That so was very, hard. that was very well, very well done. I'd, I'd like to get that recording because then I can just use that for every time I come into a Zoom meeting now. This is my intro. <laughs> put, a little, put a little music behind it. It'll be perfect. A little music, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like you know what I just saw today. Actually, I know we're all doing these zooms and everything like that. Is uh, a guy every time he comes Crazy. into a zoom, he does like a WWE. A, did you see that today too? <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. I love. I mean, I love the concept. I would definitely be into that. I mean, you have to get creative these days, especially with like you know everything is done via Zoom or Google Meet or yeah um, or one of those platforms. So it's. uh you know, at, at some point you got to make it kind of interesting and fun for everybody. So I love that that guy was doing that. Yeah. Uh, and, and to your point, that's kind of how I, I obviously I know you, we, uh, you know, we go kind of way back a little bit, but um, I, I saw this <laughs> trying to do a ton of stories within with, with how COVID has uh, evolved essentially, right. How it's changed the way that our landscape is within sports and tech. And when I came across top court, I thought it was awesome because of the, the ability for people to be able to, uh, obviously use their device, but then kind of be able to tap into the lives of tennis players and then be able to work out. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and, and kind of how it evolved and, and, and kind of where it is right now? Yeah. So it's, it's pretty cool. Um, and you know, I, I have to preface by saying that I was um, a little bit of a traditionalist for a while. I should say I've always kind of been that way. I mean, okay. for a long time I've, and I, I still have it in front of me. I have pen and paper. I still make notes all the time on pen and paper. On paper. And so it, it's been a, uh, a transition for me. I mean, I'll give you an example. I don't even have a Facebook, you know. So, you know, I, I've been, I would say, stuck in the um, in, in the old age a little bit, but uh, but haven't quite accepted the, the tech progress um, in, until until more recently, and especially uh, when this opportunity came about with top court, um, obviously it's a sport that I'm passionate about that I've played my whole life. Uh, I thought it was a, an interesting one, especially because, uh, so many people have either on a business or consumer level have tried to do something somewhat similar in the past. And, uh, so I was a little bit skeptical, but at the same time, I thought this would be a, a fun challenge. And, um, and the guys that are behind this, uh, super smart, um, one of them is a got his master's in computer science from Harvard. So it's it's definitely uh, the the right people and, and also past tennis players. So they have that connection there as well. Um, but uh, but what I thought was really cool is is when COVID hit and you know everything kind of shut down. I mean, I was working in event, events prior to this, uh, major sporting events, and when that hit, I mean, obviously that that, that went that went away. Um, right. there, there is no events. So this kind of this, this opportunity came about at a good time. And I kind of look at it as, you know, things happen for a reason. And um, so there's this there's this aspect of um, with Top Corp where it becomes a lot of micro learning, uh, which okay. obviously, especially in the day and age, people are are not only craving content, but obviously very 
small snippets here and there, which Top Court does a very good job of, you know, where most of the videos are, you know, three to five minutes average, typically. Um, but what's cool about it is it, it's a um, it's a mixture of uh, education. It's a mixture of storytelling and um, behind the scenes content of these games, you know, the game's t- best players on the men and women's side, as well as a couple top coaches. Um, so it gives people the, an understanding of what goes into, um, you know, you both myself, you guys, just a regular uh, sports fan doesn't always get a chance to see what goes into the lives of these players prior to, you know, playing a tennis match on Arthur Ashe at the US yeah. Open. You know, we see it on TV showing up on Arthur Ashe, but we don't see what led up to this stage. And so this is what's, what's really cool about Top Court. It gives you some insight into what are they actually doing prior to, to playing that match on center court at Wimbledon or like I said, or Arthur Ashe. So, um, so super cool, super unique. And, um, and I think we have some, uh, some of the right elements in place to, to get this over that hump that people haven't managed to, to get it over yet. Yeah. I, I love that. I love, I, that was one of the coolest things that I, I saw about this was just the behind the scenes aspect of it and the ability to really like, yeah. to your point, have these, uh, really, you know, content is huge, right? Content is king right now. So something that is, su- you know, super consumable from like a time perspective to be able to kind of dive into it. I even thought about it. I was like, man, this is, I would have loved this, especially as like a, someone coming up in the game, someone trying to learn it. You know what I mean? Obviously you, you uh, got a little farther than both Taylor and I, but <laughs> even as you're trying to get to college though, right? You, you're, you're always like, if I've been able to like, I'll just use Ken Griffey Jr. For example, right? See him and see some of the things he, cause I wanted to emulate him. You know what I mean? And that's, that's what really immediately kind of where my thought process went is that, yeah. that emulation or that, you know, um, being able to like see your, your favorite players and do exactly what they're doing, which I think your, your, your platform really brings, uh, brings to the table. Yeah. So kind yeah, of- great. I mean, Sorry, Taylor. No, 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 Brad, go, go ahead. And I'll, I'll come in after you. Good. Yeah. No, I mean, I was just going to say, obviously, yeah, you might, you guys might not be on the, on the, on the level of, as I was in tennis, but you guys are obviously very well respected within football and baseball. And, and you bring up a good point. And actually I'm trying to think about other platforms that are out there that um, are similar, but within different sports. And, and maybe you guys might know better than I, um, if there is stuff out there for baseball, football, otherwise, but, but um but I think there's definitely a uh, a market out there and a need for it, um, both on the youth as well as, you know, for tennis, obviously you can play that much longer than you can football and, and baseball. Um, so we have that that ability to reach not just the youth, but also adult um, fans and players as well. So, um, but I had to at least say that, you know, I mean, obviously two, two unbelievable standout college athletes right here as well. So, you know, you know, we appreciate you, you pumping this up. You know, that's always, that's always what we do. <laughs> but, you, you, but you got you guys the holding back and being reserved on. I have to I have to at least uh, give you guys both a shout out as well. So. <laughs> you know, let let the people know, Brad. Let let the people know. So modest, so modest you too, Mac brothers, man. <laughs> but it's 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 pretty dope to see you guys have some really good partnerships already going on. You know, so like from Sloan Stevens, Sloan Stevens. Um, I never say his last name right. Nick Kurgius. I never say it right. He's Australian, yeah. but buddy, buddy's fire. So I know like I was kind of, kind of come behind Sterling with, with uh, you know, you have a high school athlete 
that could, you know, look at this and then, you know, get the tips and tricks. And then, you know, maybe that could be what pushes them over the edge to go, you know, and get that scholarship to go uh, to college or something like that. Or maybe next, you know, they make the major leap and they're just like, skip college. I'm going to go, I'm going to go try and go pro. But <laughs> Yeah. Where, 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 where was the, the, the niche that you guys are, or trying to go? Is it mainly towards the, the, the high school athlete or the aspiring athlete, or is it really just anybody that's trying to just get better, just loves the game of tennis? What, what's y'all's big, you know, big focus here for the, for the app? Yeah, I'll say the, I'll say the latter. Um, what I really like about the platform and where I think it's a pretty appealing is that, in my mind, and and there's more coming. Obviously, we only just launched in June, so we're still on the in the infancy stage here, but definitely in the hyper growth mode um, to to really push this um, forward. But uh, in my mind, I see this kind of hitting all spectrums of the tennis player or tennis fan. Um, I think with all the different content, whether it's drills, technique, um, you know, storytelling behind the scenes, I think there's almost really something there for everybody. Uh, which I, I, I think is what you need. It can't, uh, especially with something like tennis, where it is, it's a tough sport to monetize. Um, mm-hmm. As global as it is, it's, a, it's not on the scale of, you know, the big, you know, the big three, four sports here in America um, where there's so much opportunity to, to monetize it. So I think we have to hit a larger uh, market. And I think we do that because whether you're a, a beginner um, or you're an aspiring junior trying to make the leap to, as you pointed out, college or maybe to the next level after that to pros, there's mm-hmm. something there for everybody. Um, and like someone for me, for instance, and I just look at myself now, I agree, Sterling, like if I had this type of content when I was you know, a junior or even when I was at, at Kentucky, like when we were on the road, as you guys know, when you're traveling on the road, sometimes it gets kind of boring and schoolwork is the last thing we want to do. I probably would have been watching this content, you know? Um, so I would say for me currently, uh, though, I don't think like my forehand or backhand or serve is going to be changing or getting any better. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not, you know, the technique side is not something that I'm probably focused on. I love personally the storytelling and behind the scenes aspect of the platform. So mm-hmm. I think it could hit all, 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 all segments. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I didn't even think about that for the monetization of that, right? Because, the other traditional sports kind of rooted in that, like rooted in Jersey sales and all that other things for tennis. You don't, there's no Jersey, right? There's no, I, I remember Pete Sampras, like way back when had like a racket you could get at like, I think it was sports authority or something like that. Right. But yeah, that's, yeah. that's a great point to make there from that perspective. And again, going back to the, the content part, right. Being able to be able to have this content and then being able to digest it and then monetize off of it is a, is an amazing idea there. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's not just from a, 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 obviously the goal is to, to build this up and, and potentially have a, a, an organization come around and, and acquire us. But, you know, I, I think what, you know, what we're as a, when, when I say we or where um, tennis, tennis players, tennis fans, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like there's always been the struggle to really grow the sport um, and, and have it appealing to, to, anyone and everyone. And in America in particular, it's always been kind of a struggle. I mean, you see tennis being pretty huge in Europe, South America, it's pretty big, even though you're competing with the, the soccers and so forth. America, we've kind of gone in and out of love with tennis. And a lot of it has to do with um, the development of our, our tennis players. Like when Agassi and Stamperts were playing, tennis was huge. I mean, even prior to that McEnroe, tennis was, was pretty big and pretty popular in America. And if you don't have those guys who are as we're used to in America, being the best in the world, 
sometimes it can fall off. So I think there an aspect of what we're really trying to do outside of um, of reaching the masses is is trying to grow the the game. You know, trying to trying to grow tennis um, as a whole as well. So which I think I think this platform can do it, especially if, as we continue to get creative and unique with with our content. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. There, um, I, I want to move a little bit if I can from the platform. I want I want to just ask you about yourself because there's it's a little bit about the platform, but also just um, <laughs> you as a tennis player, right? Like how what was that like, um, kind of coming through? Because I I, I thought Taylor was actually going to go there because tennis is very similar to some other sports where you can jump and go pro very early on or at a young age. Um, uh, so kind of talk about that. Talk about your path a little bit within uh, the tennis ranks and 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 kind of your life from going to Kentucky and, and playing professional a little bit. Hey, Brad had that strong right yeah. hand. Don't be modest now. <laughs> strong right hand. Well, uh, I don't know how much I can actually pump myself up. I, I could probably pump my brother up more than myself. But, um, but you know, tennis is a tough one because obviously it's very individualized. I mean, people compare it to boxing sometimes um, because mm-hmm. it's really just you out there. Whereas, you know, we, you guys are used to playing on a team. And that's something that I – and I'll go forward and then take a step back, which I really loved about college was that it was the first time I ever got to play on a team. And I love that aspect of it, of playing for somebody else, not just yourself. Um, but taking a step back, I started to kind of late. I started when I was 10 years old, which is late in tennis. Normally you have people starting when they're like, can start walking. So like, yeah. you're normally like three, four, you see people picking up tennis rackets. Yeah. And, uh, and so I started at 10. Um, I went to IMG Academy, which I know you guys are very aware of just because of obviously the, the amount of sports and athletes that come through there yeah. changed a lot now. I mean, that place has become a, a mecca for, uh, high performance um, in in a very in all types of sports, including baseball, football, tennis, etc. So I, I trained there for four years. Um, uh, I was fortunate to get a scholarship to go down there and train, live on site. Crazy uh, in terms of lifestyle. I mean, it's it's you you live, sleep, eat the sport and training while you're there, um, yeah. which was. Uh, which was really great. I mean, honestly, I was I was very fortunate to get to, to have that opportunity, and um, and I've always I always aspire. Like my mind was only set on playing professional tennis, even up until the point where I, where I was signing my letter of intent to Kentucky. I was still thinking in my mind, I'm probably not going to do this. I'm just going to go straight pro. And I'm so happy that I chose the the college route because uh, I, I I I was uh, wishful thinking that I, I was going to try and jump straight into the pros. And that's something on on the tennis side where maybe on the Probably on the football side, you can relate. Baseball, I feel like you have these guys can can sign early and, and go straight into majors, but obviously they have to develop through the minors. Right. Um, in tennis, especially on the men's side, you it takes time, especially as a for, from a maturity standpoint, for us to um, get to the point where I think we can really compete. So you see a lot of tennis players really not reaching their peak level until they're probably 25, 26. I mean, you have the odd guy who comes through when he's young, um, but yeah, I chose to, to go to University of Kentucky, which I absolutely love. Never thought in my mind that I would ever go to the state of Kentucky, let alone go to the University of Kentucky. But uh, <laughs> but best decision I ever made because I loved. It. I mean, Lexington is such a cool town. The, the chose it for a few different reasons, including being in the SEC, which is in my mind, and I'm sure stats will share that with uh, with people, is that it was the strongest tennis conference, is the strongest tennis conference in the country. Um, as well as all sports, I think. But uh, <laughs> I mean, when, you, when you have uh, perpetual maybe not basketball, maybe not basketball. Maybe not basketball. 
when it's hot for a majority of the year and you get a lot of sunlight, it it, it leads to, to better to better exactly. sports teams than a lot of a lot of other portions exactly. of the country. Yeah, it lends itself to that. So, uh, so yeah, I really enjoyed my time at Kentucky. Um, managed to, to reach All American status, which was obviously probably my uh, most proud accomplishment during college tennis, and and being able to. Um, I think we made the Elite Eight or quarters uh, as a team. Um, mm-hmm. Had opportunity to make the semis, but um, but no, I really enjoyed my time there. And then after that, tried to do the pro route, um, but. It didn't last very long. You know, with tennis, as I going back to the monetization side of things, if you're not ranked in the top 100 in the world in tennis, it's very difficult to make a living. Um, and so, I mean, for me, I, I think I lasted about nine months and I was living in, you know, out of my suitcase, living in hotel rooms, sharing rooms with like three or four other guys. Uh, so it became a, a, a pretty big challenge and, and honestly didn't continue to push through. I, I decided to come back to Atlanta and, uh, and join the real world. So, which is so where, that, uh, obviously we, we crossed that at Sterling. Yeah. Yeah. Brad, Brad, dive into that just a little bit, uh, for the layman, especially. So when you say you're, you know, you're outside of the top 100, um, does that come into, you know, from sponsorship dollars to help paying for, you know, go, going to different tournaments, um, and then getting you set up in that type of, in that type of routes and just giving you the access to be able to play more. So, so what are the bigger struggles to when you are ranked outside? Yeah, good question. I mean, it's, it, it honestly hits you from every angle. I mean, it's the cost to, to travel. It's the cost to have a, a coach. If you can't afford to have a coach, um, the, if you don't have a sponsor, it's the equipment, um, you know, paying for tennis rackets and, uh, clothes and, and uh, all on all on the equipment side become can become very costly if you don't have a sponsor. But I mean, I would say the biggest expense out of all that is going to be the travel. Um, I mean, it's it's as you guys know, plane tickets these days are insanely expensive, and yeah. tennis tournaments mm-hmm. are held all over the world. So if you're not in the right place where they're hosting tournaments every week, you know you have to travel. You're traveling somewhere um, to play. So, and then, you know, the, the, probably the most difficult thing is just prize money. And I mean, they're, they're, they're trying to, to push forward, especially with the, the start of a, a player's union, essentially quote unquote player's union that they just, um, actually Probably. started at the U S open. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and part of that reason is because if you're not in the top hundred, you're not, you're not getting the type of prize money, um, you know, that these other guys are getting, or at least the opportunity. So, um, you know, I, I did well in a few events, but I was looking at, I was typically losing money to be honest, if you're talking about accommodations and travel, but you know, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I mean, I made, made a couple of finals here and there and was making a couple hundred bucks, but that was gone in a second. So, right. um, so it's a, it's a, it, it's a culmination of all the things that, that I mentioned, uh, Taylor and, and right. hopefully with this players union and, um, and, the, and some of the bigger guys backing it, uh, you know, hopefully it gives a, a chance for the guys who aren't in the top 100 to, to try and make a living out of it. Because, I mean, the difference between, as you guys know in sports, the difference between the guy who's 200 in the world and the guy who's 20 in the world is pretty slim. You know, it comes mm-hmm. down to typically the mental aspect of the game. So. A lot of luck comes in there too. Sometimes, sometimes the ball just goes some luck. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes things just start going your way. And got, I'm so lucky over the last 20 years. Yeah, it's crazy. Then you're just then you're just looking on the outside, like you know what? Uh, I know he's not that good. I don't get. I don't know. It's like he carries a rabbit's foot or something like that. Um, no, thanks for thanks for that breakdown. Just because I I've I've really I don't know that 
deep into the tennis world. Mm -hmm. So just kind of hearing how that goes, because, you know, like, like you're saying the opportunities when you talked about golf a little bit, I think Sterling brought that up earlier, but you can, there's more tournaments say here stateside uh, where you can make your name, get big, and then possibly, you know, then jump in on the backside program, keep going up, get your, get your card down, blah, 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 blah. So um, no, that is, that is, that is pretty, it's, it's tough. That is is very tough. Yeah. I didn't know the grind was like that. It sounded, I mean, you know, you've heard some of the horror stories of minor league baseball, like that sounded similar, (laughs) but different because it's your own money really. Right. And you're not, you're only getting the prize money to your, to your point there, which is so difficult. I, I didn't, honestly, I didn't realize that. Um, and how hard yeah, it is I mean, mentally to like, go ahead. Yeah. It's a struggle, man. It's a struggle. I mean, you, and you, and you look at all these guys who are super talented and, and probably have a chance to make it. And honestly, if they're, if they're not given, have some type of financial backing, um, a lot of times, unfortunately their career just ends short because they just can't continue. And I mean, think about that for someone who is fortunate, like myself and my brother and those who, uh, quite honestly, are based in America, and you're not, you know, you got to think about these people who are based in other countries, Eastern Europe, and and honestly, I think a lot of times it's why those guys end up actually making it is because they don't have any other choice, right. um, and you don't see sometimes you don't see that in other sports in the states so much as you do in maybe tennis or soccer or some of those more global uh, sports. Is these people who come from, um, not to say it doesn't happen in America, but pretty tough circumstances um and mm-hmm. i and i'll use like novak Djokovic as an example because he's you know he comes from serbia who's pretty much been a war-torn country or war-torn country for quite some time and i remember hearing some of his stories about he used to hit in a um in an empty pool against the wall that was kind of his when he was growing up as a kid uh hitting against that wall in an empty pool and so just because he didn't have a tennis court to play on and um and you look at where he is now and it's kind of crazy to think that he's gone from that to that so um but yeah i mean obviously some luck uh depending upon the type of situation that you come in from and um and obviously just a grind and just being able to persevere so yeah because so, you think about it as like a country club sport you know what i mean like i mean, you I mean, it, I mean in america it is sport. I mean, yeah. yeah, tennis and golf. I mean, I'm, honestly, it's it's something that is always made fun of from from yeah. you know for our sports and and so, um, but I think it's become uh, these days um, there's a, there's a blue collar aspect that's that's come into the sport through guys like uh, Nick Kyrgios, who just right. character guys that that bring an element of um, appeal to the sport that if, even if you're not a tennis fan, which whether or not you are. You guys know of Nick Kyrgios because the guy is is bringing a uh, flair to the sport, which it needs. Yeah. I mean, we need more guys like Nick Kyrgios, and I'm glad that we actually got him onto the uh, on the platform. I think he's going to be um, a big a big pull for us. So let me piggyback off of that because so Kyrgios, he definitely does have that fire, and then when you see a lot of stuff that he does on the court. I mean, just like kind of like baseball, you have those in the crowd, the unwritten rules. You shouldn't be doing right. this. You shouldn't be doing that. So <laughs> you can hear the crowd starting to turn against him or he gets the light boos or the jeers. So you said earlier that, you know, trying to grow tennis and then you guys made the point also like how it is seen as the, the leisure sport or the country club sport. And so the outreach to, to continue to grow that network, is it kind of secret under the works? But what are you, you know, on top of obviously we, we, we talked about the 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 
the basis of the platform. But, you know, what's your guys direction to try and get that outreach? And so to continue to spread so people can see these background stories and that you do get that greater that greater reach, arms reach to those that are in struggling areas to see that, you know, tennis is could be it's a game for everybody. And um, yeah, whether you're planning to yeah. make it out, but just to, to continue to, to add more people and make it not just the leisure Sunday, you have to be wearing your all whites country club type of mentality. <laughs> I guess that we have here in the States. Yeah. That was a long, that was a long winded yeah, question. I think, no, no, I don't think it's, it's a good one. Cause uh, I think for a long time it's been the stereotype for tennis, but um, you know, for, for top court and uh, this is what one of the things that really appealed to me is setting up part partnerships with nonprofits. And one of our biggest uh, ambassadors for that is Sloan Stevens. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually partnered with her foundation who is helping, um, you know, a lot of the, uh, inner city youth, um, programs around the country, not only from where she's from, but, um, across the country to help grow the game of tennis. So we're helping, uh, partnering with her nonprofit to, to try and move the needle. And it's a, it's mm-hmm. a tough needle to, to move. Um, but, uh, with that being said, we're, we're definitely trying to, um, partner with the right nonprofit programs that um, are, are truly helping from a grassroots level mm-hmm. um, to, to grow the game of tennis. And so whether that's um, providing free subscriptions to these nonprofits so they can share it with obviously the, the, the youth programs there um, or finding ways to through rev share um, opportunities to, to then put money back in their pockets to then help fund uh, the youth programs. So there's, there's various ways that we're hoping that we're currently working on as well as we'll be working on and trying to get creative to help grow the game of tennis, not just for the country club player, but, um, for, for, for all, yeah, for all spectrums of, of the the tennis fan. And in particular, even for people who, for the youth who aren't even thinking about tennis yet. Um, Mm -hmm. but we want to try and get a tennis racket in their hand and and enjoy playing the sport because it is a fun sport, whether you're good or bad or, or aspiring, you know, professional tennis player. Um, yeah. It's one that you can play your whole life, like a, like a golf or otherwise. But uh, so yeah, th- those are a few of the things that we're working on that um, will hopefully, uh, like I said, move the needle for for the number of um, people who are playing the sport. That's awesome, man. It's awesome. To, it's awesome when you have that extension of it, right? To your point from a grassroots perspective, but also just trying to grow the game organically and get more people to your point, right? Get more rackets into more people's hands and and to see what happens. It's everyone, I think everyone's kind of given a ball at some point in their life. And typically it's like a football yeah. or a basketball or something. Yeah. You're not typically like given a racket. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's awesome, man. That's awesome yeah. to hear uh, yeah. you guys are doing that. Yeah. I like the, I like the, yeah. And unfortunately, it's growth. Yeah, and unfortunately, a lot of it is the expense, right? I mean, you think about the cost yeah. of a of a football or basketball versus the cost of a tennis racket. And so, mm-hmm. I think if we can find ways to fund programs where we're we're putting tennis rackets in you know in kids' hands, um, especially those who are you know who 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 don't have the fortunate opportunity to to go out and buy one, I think that would be um, something pretty special, not only for for top court but for the game of tennis. So yeah, yeah. I'll uh, we'll get you out of here on this one, man. What um. Favorite memory, um, favorite tennis memory. <laughs> I think you thought I was going to something else. Favorite tennis memory. <laughs> yeah, uh, I <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, favorite tennis memory uh, that you have either professionally or, or, or from college. Oof, that's a tough one. Um, I, I Honestly, it's not from my 
I guess, playing days. It was during my playing days, but it wasn't me playing. It was, uh, it was being part of my brother's run at Wimbledon. That's probably the most special tennis memory that I have. So he, uh, when he was 17 playing, um, so the, all the, all the grand slams have a, a junior, um, slam essentially for anybody mm-hmm. who's under the age of 18 and you're ranked in uh, high enough in the world and the junior rankings, you could get into the slams and, and Jordan, which I think Sterling, you met Jordan. I don't know if Taylor, if you've met him or not, but, uh, yeah. but he was a pretty damn good tennis player. And, um, and he had to qualify, qualified into Wimbledon and then had a run to the finals and played on, um, on court one, uh, mm. which is right next door to center court. It's like, maybe eight to 10,000 people. And it was probably three quarters full. So a pretty good sized crowd and, uh, and played at the same time that Roddick was playing. Um, Andy Roddick was playing Roger Federer. Oh, wow. Um, unfortunately, Jordan came up. Yeah. Lost in the finals with junior Wimbledon, but like that whole week was just kind of a dream. Just, su- I mean, that, that stands out to me for sure. Um, in terms of tennis moments, um, you know, being there and, and I'll have to say that, he learned everything from me and I was his coach that week. So that was the reason why it happened. But Yeah, of course. All the success um, there. Yeah. How does that, how does that exactly. work? So I know Sterling, my bad. This is just off of that. So how does that work from going from the, the courts from the outside and you kind of just mosey your way closer and closer and closer to the grand stage. So like, was he, do you start on like a far court? How does, how does that work out as you can, as you progress up the ladder? Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is uh, based on, you know, where you are. I mean, like Federer or Nadal or Djokovic, they're always obviously playing on, on the biggest, biggest stages. So yeah, yeah. if you're playing those types of names, you're going to make your way onto one of the bigger courts. So um, there's, it's not necessarily determined, like if you're the lowest ranked player, you're going to play on court 20. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of it really depends on maybe who you're playing or how the schedule pans out. So it's not necessarily uh, something that is, um, again, determined by someone's level of tennis, but um, mm-hmm. but then again, you have someone like Kyrgios who is super fun to watch and you know super fiery. They may go ahead, even though he is ranked relatively high, um, but he's not a Fed the Dal Jokic. He may get put on one of the bigger courts because of that potential atmosphere that he'll bring in the draw. Okay, yeah, yeah. in the type of draw exactly. Yeah, nice. No, that's awesome, man. That's uh, you know, I just watched Wimbledon that movie. It was on HBO. It's like oh, I think I've seen this, but I watch it again. That's, a, that's an old one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little it sappy though, I think, right? It's like kind of a love story. I feel it's been a long time since I've watched it, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, No, man, Brad, we, uh, we truly appreciate it. Appreciate the time. Uh, Appreciate you kind of give us, give us your insight on top court. Uh, Again, it's an amazing platform. Uh, Definitely go out and check it out uh, as they kind of ramp up here. Like you said, you guys just launched. So uh, expecting big things and really excited for you, man. Definitely, man. I appreciate it. Really, um, really appreciate you guys having me on and, uh, and happy to talk tech, especially now that nowadays with how much it's uh, playing a role in sports, would love to mm-hmm. um, obviously find ways to, to continue to move that forward and, and obviously educate people on it because uh, it's pretty cool what people are doing with technology and sports these days. And, and you guys, as you guys know, better than anybody. So well, we'll really appreciate you guys having me on, man. Yeah, man, yeah. of course. Yeah, we'll definitely have you have you back around as uh, you guys progress and drop uh, drop some more updates with us. Your family here for us. Absolutely. Be my pleasure. Absolutely, man. Loved it. Enjoyed my time. All the best, guys.